Hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. Can you do me a favor? Hit the subscribe button or the share button wherever you can see it. Thank you. My guest today is the founder and creator of the Menopause Resilience Club, a private group where women can come together to build strong businesses and strong bodies through their hormonal change. Adele Martin, welcome to Hair Life. How are you this morning? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. So excited. Oh, so was I. It was great. After <laughs> I was really inspired after even our chat the other day. Um, mm. I left a phone call and I was like, this needs to be talked about. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really interesting for me because ultimately as a as a hairdressing salon owner, mm. predominantly obviously I work with women 80% mm. of the time. Mm. Um, and I think this topic is something that I know I see it pretty much mm. every week in the salon. Um, mm. but also I can really see the impact uh that it has on women daily. And mm. I think after that call that we had the other day, I, I'm really excited about kind of getting it out there and finding out. Uh, what it's all about and how women can basically uh, make mm. their lives maybe a little bit easier uh, mm. whilst going through the menopause. So Adele, what I'd love you to do first, just tell us about yourself. Tell us about Adele Martin. Tell us about your background, what you've done. Yeah, so uh, for me, I've always been sporty. So I've always uh, been sporty, sort of dancing and gymnastics. And unfortunately, I'm of an age when I got to 15 and my dad said, you've got to get a proper job because things like Britain's Got Talent and and they never existed. And I'm like, I can't make money out of being dancing in gymnastics. No, go and get a proper job. And when I was growing up, proper job meant in a bank, like the job for life. So I was like, oh my God, I've got to go and step across the job for life. Um, threshold and I did and I went into banking and I, I really I absolutely loved it and enjoyed it and um, it was so funny actually talking about sort of interaction with people and they said to Adele I always remember I'd only been there sort of six months we got to Christmas said we really love you and I was with a whole bunch of older ladies which was pretty much the story of where I was going to go they said we love you Adele but we've got to buy you this for Christmas and it's how to win friends and influence people uh, by Adele Carnegie because you're really great but you can be a bit direct and a bit rude and you're young so you need to do this I was like okay and to be honest that's what then got me into the whole thing around people psychology and leadership and everything else around that you know you, you, although I was working in the bank so then I went and sort of done all my all my stuff evening classes because I was quite a practical person mm -hmm. and just always then had that career of being really resilient you've got a problem you put a dough in it she solves it she builds teams and I pretty much built my career on that and that's what I've always did because people say to me, oh, did you find resilience in sport before my, my moment in the boardroom? And I said, no, I've always, this is the thing, see, I'd always been very active, very sporty. And then what happened, um, I got the best job of my career in the August, which was managing this large corporate banking team. And then in September, um, the whole financial crisis kicked in. Wow. And all of a sudden, I would probably say it was the best and the worst point of my career. Because up until then, everybody, you, know, you work in a bank, Adele, that's amazing. And then in the financial crisis, you never said you work for a bank. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much like a state agent territory. And to be honest, it was like a really difficult time, but the best part of my career. So you can imagine it was really busy. And then, as always, outside of work, other things started to build up as well. Like my daughter was at an age and my parents were aging and 
all of a sudden, and I'm the one in the family, like Adele, I've got a problem, have you got a minute? You go, yeah, okay, have you got a minute? And all of a sudden, all those, have you got a minute, combined with work, I just felt really tired and really sort of fatigued. Mm-hmm. I thought, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then it got really, really difficult, and I, I had to do some really challenging long days in, in the city and pretty much fly in between Edinburgh and um and London because everyone was busy no one we were so busy no one said are you okay we just didn't have the time to check in on each other and I remember just slowly but surely just little things were happening and I had a speech impediment as a child like I got early on and I'd looked after it and and it had all gone away it was starting to creep back in um and then to the point I'd go into the boardroom and and someone said to me and who are you and I was like I don't I couldn't even get the words out which is really triggered to me when I was younger and then all of a sudden said well we have noticed you know what's going on in your performance and I'm like and I left that boardroom and pretty much cried all the way to the airport much to the taxi driver he's like trying everything he could to talk to me I'm like don't talk to me there's nothing you can do just don't talk to me got through security and I sat in the airport lounge and went and got about uh, probably five bags of family-sized wine gums because by that point I was basically just going on sugar and and it's just all I could do and then I just literally cried all the way home on the aeroplane I got home and I got home late because I would and everyone was then I got the next day I took my daughter to school and I drove to my mum she said you should be in London I went make it stop just make it stop and I collapsed and I just absolutely collapsed um, obviously got taken to hospital and they said she's completely broken you know what's gone on exhaustion everything else and then they said to me your anxiety and depression I went no I'm not depressed I just can't explain how I feel I'll have some antidepressants so I went no no it's not the answer well you need to eat healthily no I sort of have been please don't just run all the blood tests I took to be honest 12 years ago I had to really push hard and I hear stories today, women still pushing hard for decent blood tests. And then when I got the blood test back, they said to me, oh, yeah, we, we, we solved the problem. I said, oh, what's that then? They went, actually, your, your hormone levels are so low, you've gone into a very quick menopause. I was like, what the bloody hell is that? This was 12 years ago. What does that mean? And they went, well, you should consider potentially, you know, reducing your hours or going and get a less stressful job. <laughs> and I said, well, I am 40. You've delivered the menopause, which is something my grandmother vaguely talked about. And you're telling me, I've just done my master's. I've just led a whole team across the world through financial. And you're telling me to give it all up. Well, you you know, I said, okay, what does menopause actually mean? And they went, well, we're not really sure. Well, here, here are the nice guidelines. Obviously, they're the, the national guidelines. I said, well, they're not very nice because I don't even understand them. And they went, well, why don't you take a bit more time off and I just thought to myself you you went away completely perplexed you know no you're ill you've got this disease you've got that you've got menopause and I couldn't explain it so I went away googled it not not a lot of information and then I said to where I was working look you know what I just need to take some extended leave because I can't come back to work because I don't know the problem I'm trying to fix and I'm not fixing it with antidepressants and pretty much went in the library, spoke to loads of women and then understood what menopause was. I thought, right, OK, so how do I get back to work? What do I do? What do I need to do differently? Because I really didn't carry on like I was. And I solved. I worked out what the solutions were that worked for me. Then I started to talk to other women and like, oh, you're not going to go back. Wouldn't it be better to say you went back with depression than menopause? I went, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not hiding it. Oh, yeah, but isn't it old and ageing? 
I'm 40. I said, from what I've looked at, I can do this the easy way or the hard way. If you ignore menopause, you're going you're gonna to get in a lot more trouble than mm-hmm. if you face into it. So I bit the bullet. And when I went back, I didn't go back into finance. I went back into HR. And then I could, then I put in a lot of the policies around menopause, health and wellbeing. But I also did all the other diversity and wow. inclusions because I realised that we needed to create an environment where people were prepared to talk honestly about how they're feeling. You know, yes, it was menopause. But I had a a psychologically led menopause where there was a lot of things going on in my head, which I now know because I'm progesterone sensitive. Mm -hmm. And when you join the dots up of my postnatal depression and my periods the week before, that's when you put so all of this stuff I had to find out for myself. So I just felt like I couldn't let another woman go through what I did. Not only the pain of menopause, but the oh my god the research and the help to try to get yourself back to normal and then i spent the last time in hr yeah Mm. it's interesting that in itself because the sort of the word menopause i mean again and it's because i knew we were doing this show um i think probably more than ever i've spoke about it in our salon to my team who obviously i've got a mixture of ages predominantly as young but it's such it is such a almost feels like a taboo subject which seems ridiculous Mm. because Mm. ultimately every woman is going to experience this this is exactly yeah. what they're going to experience and they're going to experience it at so many different levels so it's mm. for me it's fascinating that number one you were able to then trigger that and then start introducing processes mm. into the company that you were working for mm. to make mm. people understand this is something mm. that businesses have to deal mm. with yeah and then being in hr i could get hold of like data so i was like how many how many women go off sick right okay what age groups are they so I looked at the age groups of women over 40 and uh, because again women was like I'm off with headaches etc so you sort of know there's not a box for menopause when you're filling a form Mm -hmm. why are you off sick but just by the demographic alone I could roughly see where our population was and and the data around it was quite quite high and then when I look at um, leavers and why women were leaving Again, women were leaving work or reducing hours because of this. And I was part of putting a leadership program together because we was at the point where we had, you know, we were really wanting to get 50% of women in the boardroom. So I said, okay, well, and what we've worked on this program, we're getting them in there and then they're leaving. Why are our women leaving? What are they doing? And like, oh, they're going to set up their own business. Okay, but why? I'm a bit of a five whys, but mm-hmm. why, but why, but why? And it was because I've, you know, I want the flexibility of not getting up early if I don't feel great. I want to work. Ah, right. And what's causing that? So we even realised, although the top level reason why women were leaving was to set up their own businesses because they wanted the flexibility to wear a t-shirt rather than a nylon, you know, mm-hmm. uniform, which makes them hot. Right. Okay. So let's work this through. So we were having to join all those dots up and have that conversation. And then we put menopause cafes in as well, where we could wow. get women to come and have um, com- conversations. And then from that, we was able to develop line manager training, um, etc. Because it's a difficult conversation to have. There's one thing a woman coming to you saying, do you know what, I don't feel great, I think it's menopause. But that very rarely happens. What a line manager, which is what happened to me, they saw this top person on the career path all of a sudden dip her performance. So if you see somebody's performance dip, it's too easy to go, Oh, it's this, this, and this. Because a lot of women say to me, I say, well, how old are they? What are they? What are the clues? And and that's sometimes how you feel is, and some women like me, I didn't know what I didn't know. And some women don't want to face into it, but the performance and their confidence, because the one thing I hate is when say women lack confidence. We don't lack confidence, 
the way our hormones fluctuate and the progesterone in, in our brain, it's a changing confidence. We just lose it for the moment. It's very different. So when they say, oh, well, she's up and down performance issues. So again, we got people to look for the clues, but you don't know what you don't know. And and, and sometimes it's challenging. Um, it just creates in that conversation. And that's how we yeah. started it. It's interesting as well, because I mean, I think the one thing I've noticed certainly and I hate talking about the C word like COVID and pandemic mm. and all of that. Mm. But actually, as a, as a business owner, one of the biggest things that I think we've had to do during this phase is exactly that. We've had to monitor the team's performance, but not not mm. their work performance. It's been the mental performance mm. because we noticed mm. such a difference during that time because they were yeah. all under immense pressure and and in a way the systems and things that you've just spoke about mm. we've started mm. to do with the team more and more where the one-to-ones mm. that we're, now have, we're almost having probably weekly monthly yeah. are very much about like mm. how are you doing not about yeah. actually how are they doing within the business and mm. and that's mm. where there's that shift and it's interesting because actually having somewhere safe a safe place where you can mm. actually mm. talk about mm. it um, makes yeah. a huge difference, particularly with women, because I think you do you yeah. feel vulnerable, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, you do, and you're right. It's creating that how, how are you, how are you space, and then putting some policies, and then we were looking for role models that were willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to talk about it, um, but I was quite high up in the organisation. I'm like, well, oh, it's all right because you always get it's all right for her. So I said, are there any braver, you know, anybody else who would want support? So we brought champions who were willing to talk about their menopause, sorry, from branch staff in the branches to yes, me, and also above me, and to show that menopause doesn't sort of discriminate. And then we had men come out and go, actually, you know, it's been really challenging with my wife. Mm-hmm. So then we was able to bring out the male advocates who, who spoke about it. Um, about their perspective and then some male advocates obviously got women who work for them so although it affects 50 percent of us the actual the, the ripple effect is it's all of us yeah, um, and and it makes it makes a huge huge difference so it was just having that conversation but for more for the women that go through it we had like a like a menopause cafe and safe space for it but when we actually got women like myself preparing to talk about it and role models because if you can't see it you can't be it that's mm-hmm. that's what we always said and that really 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 helped and then to be honest that's that's where it, it spiraled out of there and then we was able to pull um I, which is where my resilience system comes from I was able to take some of that into groups of women that wanted to actually they didn't want to be off sick and they didn't want to leave and so I helped them with some solutions because again I'm a very much action oriented person because we can talk about menopause and all of the issues I go right okay so when are we going to move to solutions because as hard as it is, it is a process a woman goes through. It's, it can be, and it's not in anything really. Everyone's got their view of it. So mm-hmm. I laugh now because it's when you say you're pregnant, everyone tells you about, oh, well, when I was pregnant, this happened and this happened. You're like, Ooh. and now we've got the same with menopause. Well, yeah. in my menopause, and I'm saying, no, ladies, I can guarantee say to you, like pregnancy, we are all different and our lifestyles are different. I can explain them what happens with your hormones, but how you react to that trust me you won't have your mother's menopause if you don't yeah. want to do you know that's the so big funny. thing and it's interesting because for me this is uh, i mean this whole subject when you were just just going back to what you said about uh as a husband and mm. a wife so my wife is at the minute where i feel like she feels that she has now started that peri phase um yeah. sort of 46 and started mm. to notice those those changes 
And it is really interesting because for me, I think this is the reason why I want to find out more about it. Um, mm. But also it's it's brought a lot of things to light with her because again, she's like, you know, my mum never spoke about it to me. Like my mum never, ever discussed it, you know, with her. Um, mm. I think it's something that your your sort of parents don't really because it it was it was something that you just went through and they kept it under wraps and and that was it whereas now um i mean interesting with information do you think there's too much information okay right can i i need my little soapbox for one minute yeah so i fine. went from 12 years ago with no information to now yeah. there is too much information mm -hmm. and unfortunately there's two styles of information there is lots of information, and to be fair, the court, you know, I'm certified by the International Menopause Society and the British Menopause Society. They have all that information, so you can get that. And there there's are, you know, lots of other people taking that and packaging it up, which is helping women, but sometimes it can be subjective. And then the bit of information that I really am not happy with at the moment, and the marketing. So isn't it great that we've got lots of information, but there's always a, a good, there's always another side to it. So marketing with face creams and products and, mm -hmm. and everything else. So menopause is the new black. And, and I'm saying to women, please, you know, when we're that vulnerable, when we're like, oh, Adele, I've seen this face cream. I say, right, okay, these, as, these three ingredients need to be in any face cream will be fine for aging skin. You know, hair, and I said, actually, we always jump for products, but we don't think about the food, the move, the water and stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's what frustrates me the most out of it. Um, and I've only got to go through like a social media uh, sponsored ad feed. And I'm like, that's yeah. this stuff is it's not good for women. And it really, really frustrates me because you really don't need a magic. And honestly, if, if somebody can send me a 300 pound face cream, I'll buy all my clients one, you know, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm saying. And so yeah, there, there, there is that element of it. And then the other thing about um, the information at the moment, there seems to be, it was a bit of noise around it yesterday. This, are you HRT or you're not? This whole sub conversation, I'm like, guys, to me, and, and I do this with any supplement, you can't supplement your way or HRT your way out of a bad core lifestyle. Yeah, HRT is good, but it's not that good. And not all women can can handle the sensitivities of it. They can't. So I think sometimes the information's got polarised mm -hmm. into whether you're a HRT and a, and now it's like, oh, do you take HRT? That's quite lazy. That's quite a loaded question when people ask you that. So that information has sort of gone through it, it as the moment. So yeah, absolutely. The celebrities, the documentaries have definitely got it up to where it has the conversation. Now, well, the irony is, right, you feel overwhelmed going through menopause and then you get overwhelmed with all the information. Yeah. They go, ah. And, and then what it I'm is. finding is that's what I people hear. want to talk to people like me that have navigated this process and pretty much simplified the information. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I'm finding is, is people are overwhelmed by the information at the moment. So what is, so mm -hmm. if you look at, I mean, I look at when I have ladies come into the salon and, yeah. and again, there's always that typical thing. So for us, we always have a moment where if, if we dressed a, a client up in a gown, okay, it's maybe made out mm. partly nylon, and then she's mm. having a hair color, and we may put like a plastic cape around, okay, right? So we get that yep. moment where we then get the ladies that get, they start getting warm. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, and then we can start seeing a little bit of sweat on the brow, and mm -hmm. they start to get a little bit embarrassed. And there's that moment. So we always assume it's just hot flushes. But what are the 
the general core symptoms that most women start mm. to notice, even from the peri and then going through? Absolutely. <laughs> no, you're actually, I've got to tell you, yes, that was me having my highlights done. And I ended up sweaty, iron stuck to the chair. Yeah. Not great. So I get, yeah. I used to go in my shorts and t shirt because I knew underneath I'd get really hot. Mm -hmm. So, aha. So, absolutely right. So, part of the research when I was on my sabbatical, I was like, right, my body's changing in all these ways. And I had poke, honestly, my, I just done my MBA and I go, yes, yeah, she's finished studying. And then I turned my dining room table into post it note. Don't mm -hmm. touch the post-it notes. Like, mum's gone mad. Mum menopause has sent mum mad. No, 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 no. So basically, I went through all the things how my body was changing different, plus talking to other women. There are 40 things to accept over 40 is what I've come yeah, up with, really? which is the branding. Absolutely. And do you know what? As I started to go through them, there were two, two really funny ones. Well, one was electric shock. So every time my daughter got in and out of the car, she'd scream because every time I touched the car, everybody in it would get an electric shock. Really? Um, linked to heart palpitations. Yeah. Um, so heart yeah, palpitations, is, really? Heart palpitations, yes, because of the arrhythmia. So like your central nervous system, yeah. the arrhythmia in there. I know so many women have gone for loads and loads of heart tests and scans and come back with nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, oh, I had heart Then they do my questionnaire and go, oh my God, oh, yeah, heart palpitations. Yeah, wow. even now, sometimes it may skip a beat. So yeah, you're right. And I say to women, it's not all flush. It's not all hot flushes, mood mm -hmm. swings and sleepless nights. There are, um, I think there are obviously skin, hair, nails. There's um, uh, electric shocks, which is which is always quite funny. And then you've got your help, heart palpitations. And then what what I call with women, because to me, you've got sort of um, the way I look at it, the way I explain it when I'm talking to women is like an iceberg. So you've got the bit at the top you can see, which is the mood swings, even the electric shocks and the heart palpitations. But below the waterline is the interesting ones, which is is, is your brain health. The, deter the impact on your brain and the deterioration if you don't keep keep using it with a fall then you've got osteoporosis then you've got muscle loss so and then you then you've got your heart so you've got your core skeletal and systems there's 11 systems in the body they're all impacted and when people go through i got through menopause i'm done what they mean is the, the fluctuations um, will trigger things like the hot flushes because that's the way the, the thermometer in your head works, the electric shocks. Mm -hmm. They're because of the fluctuation. Because basically oestrogen, she can't make up her mind if she's staying or she's going. So she has a, some fun with us. The bit Once she settles and progesterone and oestrogen are back in alignment, so then the anxiety will drop. The bit, the gift that keeps on giving is the structural. And because although your hormones are back together and reconciled, they're much lower. So that's why our body ages 30% faster than men, because it's that low drop. So therefore, that's the bit under the waterline that's the gift that keeps on giving. And you have to continually work with women. So that's why I say I work with women with perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause is a thing. You can't just go, I'm out the gate, I'm done. There is this um, having to look after yourself. And that's because like myself at 40, and, and as I do the, the, the menopause maths on Dame Vera Lynn's timeline of 103, I'm going to be 64 years in this postmenopausal body. I need to address what's under the waterline. So that's why there are 40 things. And I put them into groups and said, actually, this stuff is never going to stop. But the hot flushes do and the mood swings do because progesterone comes back again. Um, so there's all those things. And, and that's the nuance of it. It's just not fixing a hot flush. It really isn't. And is that where, so it's interesting, so for me, so when I think, and I keep taking my wife as an example, because obviously that's mm. something that I live with daily. Mm. So for mm. me, 
Okay, she's 46. She started mm. to notice changes. And yeah. then as a result of it, we are generally what I would class as a fit family. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of exercise, lots of things. Um, my wife was predominantly a runner. But then what she started to do was when she started to notice these changes, so we've got a gym in our garage at our house, Mm -hmm. um, she started to move and transition into more of that weight training, sort of slightly Mm -hmm. more sort of hit training way. And what she started to notice is that those things have started to to kind of subside. Mm -hmm. And she started to notice the difference in just how she feels. So Again, when you say about the brain fog, so Mm. that for my wife has probably been, I would say, one of the biggest things that she's suffered with because Mm. um, she has her own company, she employs staff, Mm. and she would have this thing where she would sort of finish the day and then by the end of the day, she just couldn't handle any more. You couldn't give her any more information on any level. She would look at you like Mm. she'd had a bottle of vodka. I don't know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's this sort of thing that you're now sort of looking at. So how how does weight training or how does exercise have a, an impact on your body during the menopause? Absolutely. So there's a couple of key things I'll pull out, pull out from there. You're absolutely right. So I, I um, once I had to get a proper job, I became a runner. So I run marathon after marathon mm-hmm. after marathon. And I noticed my aches and jet pain, etc., um, just and then I was two years post the, the menopause and I'd done a bit of strength training but I'm still working on the research and then I just had this niggle hip injury before I was doing the um, mm-hmm. uh, London halves went into a machine he went oh, my god you need to have both hips reworked and replaced um, cartilage oh. because you're pretty much hyper mobile from being yeah. a gymnast and run 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 so uh, we sat there and then I, and that's when he said to me hormones well I've been just under a year this is the research I'm doing I had a more informed discussion on HRT and menopause because I told him the work I'm doing and I could already see my bone density mm-hmm. and muscle and and I said to him this is my thinking and, and and I've done some work so you're absolutely right so where your wife had picked up from from doing all that running the thing is and this is why I do a lot of work with other personal trainers we cannot afford additional stress in this process. So it's tension in, in training, not stress. But when you run and you run and you run and you run, you're actually increasing your stress and cortisol, which makes the fluctuations worse, which is what I had done. Wow. So it's actually by switching back back into a more blended program. And the more important thing is, it's I call it the four S's of my training. You have to build that muscle because of the way the muscle drops once estrogen drops away, you have to keep that frame up. And by building muscle with my food, move and snooze, it's been an absolute game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I was literally on crutches for two years. And that's when I said, right, OK, I'm going to take the strength training part of it and I'm going to dial it up. And I run it with me and a load of pilot groups and talking to the women. So that was the first thing by having get me wrong you know to me strength training is the first s and then it steps don't get me wrong there's a room for cardio but not every single day and Mm -hmm. and i give a more sensible cardio the other one is stretching you can't yoga your way out of this on its own either because i know we all done yoga no it's one of four and it's stretching because of the ligaments and the other one is shimmy because i do like a little bit of a dance and yeah yeah but there is also a huge amount of tribal and why they dance as women get older. So it's all this magical stuff. It's interesting. So, so, I just going on the dancing. I, yeah. I love that because 
I think both my my mother and father-in-law are really keen ballroom dancers. Oh, and they're yeah. 76, 77. And when you yeah. see them physically, they are mm. in bloody good shape. But they dance yep. three times a week, you know, <laughs> and, and, I, and I, I'm such an advocate for it because yeah. I use them as just like if you can dance yeah. when you're older, yeah. what a great thing because they look great. And it's all that functional movement. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's and why brain, I call it. it. And brain, it's, it's the whole of the forestries and you're absolutely right. So when we're doing that training and it's tension, not stress, so we're not tipping over those cortisol levels and making the whole, you know, the inflammation in our body even worse. Because if we're doing that, then we're pushing our brain and then that brain fog. So again, it enables that. And the other thing with women, and I work with business women in particular, they go to me, oh, by four o'clock, okay. Mm-hmm. So how much water have you drunk during the day? First question. Oh, okay. That's a great conversation. Okay. How have you eaten? Oh yeah, I've been really good today. I had my breakfast and I've not eaten all day. Uh-huh. Have you get that half from me? <laughs> uh-huh. I say no ladies. And how much protein have you eaten? So the biggest thing I find, which again, probably your wife is fixed is um, having protein with every single meal and eating no, no, uh, no more don't leave many more than a three to four, four and a half, four hour break. We must, because because we're going through this process, we wake up in the morning already vibrating plus two in stress. And that's just because our body is going through a process. If we add anything more to it, like running for hours, starving ourselves for hours, not drinking, not sleeping, you're just taking that stress level up. So the first thing I do with my women is say, right, I want three meals, four snacks a day. These are your timings. I don't care that you... Put it into t- you know prep etc and have that drink and then put these four rests training through and they go Adele I got to four o'clock and I can think yes I know mm-hmm. and then what that does it stops then the hot flushes because the hot flushes generally are triggered by an element of stress and if and if you don't eat and you're going through your hormonal changes that's just stress to your body anyway so you won't win any brownie points you're just going to put your body into a stress state yeah it does it triggers all all of that off um and that in particular so when 46 that's when uh, at age 40 the hormones start to decline Mm -hmm. that's just a given generally they start to decline from the age of 40 and then they start to um fluctuate but the bit before they fluctuate that people would forget is as they start to decline progesterone and estrogen break the equilibrium up until that that point, they're um they've got a nice equilibrium. Basically, they're going to have a separation, and they don't come back together and reconcile until you're at the other side. And when that progesterone drops further than estrogen, progesterone is Mother Nature's Valium. So no wonder we're having strug- trouble thinking. No wonder I was struggling in the ballroom when my progesterone went dropped through the floor. Wow. So therefore you've got that so first of all we've got they decline secondly progesterone and estrogen the gap and then the third bit is then when estrogen's not sure because you might have had the irregular period starting mm-hmm. are they coming is she going and you're only actually in menopause for the it's like cinderella the 12th month at 12 o'clock and then you go into month 13 you some women have a show but generally she's gone but honestly she's a bit of a monster she can get you to 11 months you go oh, i'm back and then you're fluctuating mm. and it's that fluctuating period that women can find the most frustrating and unfortunately that can go on for a 10 10 can go up to 10 years or like me my stress levels were so high at the time yeah i just bombed out in one go so it's those levels when women just say oh well it's hormonal balance um 
it's not it's these things at play that women don't realize so that when you look at those as menopause process no wonder you know we don't feel great some days because that's what's interesting because for me the, the dietary thing is something that really fascinates me because again because i see it you know we've got a team of mm. 30 women and mm. it's incredible to see how some of them are really good and they mm. eat really consistently and then there's those mm. others that don't and they go through these massive drops and you can see it all the time and then what happens is they pick mm. So they're always picking at little bits during the day. And it's mm. generally quite cakey or sugary or biscuity yeah. or something yeah. like that, or, yeah. you know, occasional yeah. bit of fruit. And then now you've said that, I can totally see how that, you know, yeah. they get to that point where yeah. their brain just says, no, I'm done now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's because our digestive system slows down um, during this process. And, you know, the mind-gut loop is amazing. So... I get the women that will go hours without eating and then I get the cereal snackers. Either way, you've put stress on your digestive system. So I say to women, don't let your body second guess when you're going to feed it. Because if you have a more of a pattern, your body knows what to expect. And it's one less thing for it to worry about. But when we are you know, not consistent with our food, it really adds to the additional stress that, that women are so under. So I interrupt you there. Was, would that be a factor then? So when you're starting to maybe notice a difference with your periods, maybe they're going longer, et cetera, or yeah. there's a change, yeah. do you tend to look at that and think that is often the start? If you've been regular yeah. and then you suddenly yeah. start to notice a change, mm. is that when you should start becoming aware that maybe something is happening? Yeah, uh, definitely more aware. Although, do you know what I say to women? When you get, as soon as you get to fortieth birthday and you wake up and you're heading into your forty-first year, um, just start to watch for those changes. And I would always say to women, as you start to hit early forties, is try to get into these good habits because if we get into these good habits, if they weren't there before, then they will help. You know, help with the the the. It will make it easier and and mm. less stressful. But sometimes, oh yeah, it'd be fine. I'm sure it's not me, and you're right. I suppose for me, there are women that will see the irregular periods, and like for me, they were there. But actually, it was it was a psychological led symptoms that spooked me and I wasn't that type of character before mm -hmm. so where things I would take in my stride you know I used to make men in the boardroom cry and then they started <laughs> to make me cry why is that happening Adele those ones where I just lost or felt uncomfortable with my confidence but do you know what when I really talk to women they go I just don't feel right and that was me I just didn't feel right and yes my periods were ir irregular but I just didn't feel like I take an example, right? You get you get the best job of your life. Your daughter's doing exactly what you want her to do. Your family are, and you're like, oh, I'm not happy. I'm like, how can you, you how can you not be happy? I'm like, I'm being selfish, Adele. What more do I want? It, you could have put the lottery winnings in front of me, and I go, yeah, I'm not interested. It's it's that sort of feeling when I really talk, talk to women, and then they join up the dots of the hot flushes. But I can really say most of the women I talk to go, just don't feel right. Something's mm -hmm. not right. So then when you, okay, so going back to mm. then setting up resilience and doing it this way yeah. and then looking at working with women within business, but also creating, okay, so stronger businesses and stronger bodies. Mm. Because the one thing, again, and I'll keep bringing up my wife as a prime example, mm. I can always see with her when she's being her best version within mm. her business 
And it's generally when she's ticking maybe all those boxes that you just spoke about. She's sleeping well. Her diet Mm. is good. She's exercising Mm. well. She's not drinking. I mean, she doesn't really drink much alcohol anymore anyway. Mm. But the reality Mm. is when she's then in work, she's able to be that best version. And then everything around her is going in the right way. And is that how, in terms of the sort of stuff that you're coaching, you you work with those sort of factors? Yeah, absolutely. And also women are busy, busy women, because they're like, oh, Adele, I can't spend hours in the gym. I can't. No, I am running three businesses. So I, I'm a, everything I've written has been written for business women so they can, you know, feed it into their lives. And, you, yeah. and you're right. And, and when I see women, you know, who are struggling, we have a conversation around their food, their mood and their sleep and mind. OK, we'll we're fix that. Um, and we do find them women will find their flow. And like anything, it then becomes, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I might skip a meal or I might have a late night or I might have those two or three extra glasses of Prosecco. And then they go, oh, my God, Adele, I've gone back. I say, we call it, it's fine. You know, I don't mind. I don't mind. It is what it is. You know how that feels, right? We snap back. Let's just move back onto the plan from tomorrow. Just make your next decision the one. Because when I do get them into flow state and they are running their businesses, um, you know, one or two may be okay. But over two or three weeks of dropping some of those resilience habits they're back to where they are and mm-hmm. some ways I like women to do that because then they go now I know how bad I feel Adele thank you you know because you don't know what what you don't know so like and I laugh they go I thought you'd be really cool. honestly I get the three Hail Marys Adele I need to tell you something <laughs> I was like, oh. and I, I woke up this morning and, and I just had my brain fog my head ached and I said what happened and they said well I went out for a hem weekend and probably had too much I set myself I was going to have one that I didn't they brought out the cake, the champagne. I go, and how do you feel? Do you know what? I, I'm really struggling to concentrate today. And I say, okay. So then you know why we've changed our habits. And they go, yeah. And that, that's what we do. So, yeah, it's getting the women into flow state. You know, there is nothing complicated in what I'm saying when I explain the science of why mm. we eat, move, and sleep like we do. The bit that it is is the consistency and getting women to consistently get there to then actually I feel, I feel better. And then once they feel better, they lock into flow. But we all have birthday weekends and hem weekends. It's just how long you stay there before you adopt the habits again. And That's do all. you, because my biggest thing is, I know when people talk about, and you get people obviously like Simon Sinek, great book, you know, why? <laughs> it's one of those where for me, um, and again, as a guy, 45 mm-hmm. years old, uh, mm. I want to make sure that as I grow now and as I age, I'm in my best shape. Mm. And I know that, again, with my PT, Tom, and I've worked with him for a couple of years, and he's an absolute legend, um, Mm. he makes me understand that, that it's okay to have that, the night Mm. off and the day off and do those things and not worry about Mm. it. Because the biggest thing Mm. is if you keep that consistency and you get back on track Mm. again, it's kind of all right. But you've got to have that, again, it still goes back to it. You've still got to have that why, haven't you? You've still got to want to do it. So if you're running a business... Mm. By having those good habits, you mm. notice a huge difference in every area of your life. Because I think it's it's the biggest thing I think I see on social media, and, I, and hopefully you agree, but there's this dream. It's the dream of living your life in this way. Yeah. But then you've got to cut everything out of it to, to consistently mm-hmm. live this incredible life. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not sustainable. No. You know, it's not sustainable in any way. And you must find that probably all the time with the women that you deal with, that sometimes yeah. 
they build it up into a much bigger thing than it actually needs to be. So is it yeah. then creating lots of little micro habits to make it more better, sort of easier for yeah, them? Yeah, it is. And and that's not real life. You know, what, what we're mm. painted with is, is not real life. Or we get the opposite where they're promised 20 days to the solution. And that's not real life either. No. It's about that. So, no, I, I don't. Um, so when I talk with women and where I share my principles, it's not. It's really interesting because it's not like a diet plan, follow this X, Y, Z. Mm. I get them to become self-sufficient. So I teach them how to fish rather than give them the fish. So I give them principles rather than absolutes. And I say, look, at the end of the day, this is what your body's going through. Okay. And if you, and if you're saying I'm really sensitive and I'm having hot flushes all night, every time I have a glass of Prosecco, I said, well, then it's a choice, isn't it? Because you can't say menopause is causing the hot flushes because your hormones declining. You've had the Prosecco and you're having a hot flush. It's choices. So if you're going to go out for the evening and you're going to have champagne with the girls, like I do, then wear a vest top because then you can, and a jacket. So you can take your jacket off while you're having champagne. And it's nothing funnier than a group of like, watching middle-aged women out drinking. It's so funny, right? Oh, it's really hot in here. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I know what you're drinking. It's horses for horses. Yeah, I'm going to watch because out for that now. You, yeah, honestly, watch out for it because I can watch them and then you add cake on top. But don't get me wrong. I go out for afternoon tea with the girls, but I know what to expect. So I wear yeah. accordingly. I don't go... Oh, it's the menopause. The trigger was the alcohol and the sugar, right? I know what's going on. Understanding the consequences of your actions, because that's what it is, isn't it? You know, because I know that, like, I've, I'm, I'm, I've always been like, you know, I like a drink. It's one of those things. But again, the one thing I've suddenly realised now is I know the impact on my body afterwards, and I can, and and I struggle now. So for me, if I like to go out, I only really like to go out on a Friday night. Mm. or a Saturday lunchtime I don't mm. like going uh, Saturday evenings for me now are a killer mm. because I know yeah. I generally still wake up and I'm still not 100% on yeah on a yeah. Saturday on a Monday morning when I'm in work mm-hmm. and it wasn't mm. until I listened to another guy called Tim Huberman he's got in Huberman lab and mm. amazing mm. other podcast and I really listened to it about alcohol and the process that your body goes through and I I mean it's I mean if that ever yeah didn't make you stop drinking I don't know but it's one of those where again looking at then if you're already going through the menopause and then you start mm. mixing in other things yeah that must be huge no it is and it is and it and I say to women so you know if you are suffering really bad with these take these take these um using the food principles that I've developed just take these just follow them and take these things out for a while see how you feel so then when they go well actually do well I'll never be able to drink again what I say is you know have a good quality like gin a really good quality one or vodka and have a good quality tonic not one with sweeteners in a process mm-hmm. and then have have a nice really white fresh drink if that's what you want you know you may trigger those hot flushes you may not but if you do you know what you're dealing with and you you can have that and if i go out i have a very crisp organic bottle a glass of champagne you know if i'm going to have calories like that like chocolate my chocolate is like 90 percent up i really it's enjoy about- it if you're going to enjoy mm. it, but I know that I'm having the best that will not really trigger um, those flushes. So I say to women, I'm not saying you can't, but if you are, if if you're being completely debilitated by your symptoms, then I, and I, I look at them and we have a conversation around food. I'll take these things out and see how you feel. You do food. I've got diaries. women. Yeah, yeah, we've got food guides, food diaries, and then I I can I can see. And I've got women that I say, look, okay, you know let's take it out completely and see how you feel 
and I've got clients, God, have been with me nearly, God, two years. Um, and, and they say to me, I'd never go back to drinking, having a glass of wine every single evening. That doesn't work for me anymore, but mm. I do like it with my friends. And they said, because I know how I now feel. So when women do bite the bullet and say, actually, I'm going to take these some of these foods out, they actually said, oh, my God, I wish I met you years ago. I wish I'd understood. Because until you, it's like most things, until you feel the impact. But when you explain the why to women, you know, the biggest women say to me is, I've lost control of the shape of my body. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it doesn't feel right anymore. And then I explain to them why their body shape is changing. And perhaps some of the habits they're doing now is reinforcing why those changes keep on happening. And then I explain to them why they've got brain fog. And then I do the horrible bit, which is, you know, I look at the care home stats for fractures and, and dementia and heart disease. I said, so, you know, I, I protect, yeah, you want to look nice today, but I'll also protect the 75 year old version of you. And mm. I show them that as well, because you have to, with Mopi, you have to show them those numbers. I said, so that's what we're facing into. Yes, I can help you get for your brain fog. Yes, I can help you get your weight back under control. But the boring studio, you know, the boring scientist of Adele is I'm actually protecting the 75-year-old version of you as well. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And and that's that's how I work sort of with women, because most women come to me main for two reasons. One is like the overwhelm and the brain fog and everything's too much. And the other one is, quite bluntly, I've put on weight, everything I'm doing, I can't lose it. And I go, no, you won't, because your body's changed. I'm doing nothing differently. I said, I oh, know you haven't. So the one thing that's different is estrogen's falling away. And if you lose muscle, you lose your metabolic rate, you're putting, you're going to put weight on and then you go, da, 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 da. So we have an informed conversation around the fact that they just want their waistline back and they want their brain back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and to be fair though, then that's sort of, but we also work deeper then because menopause is deeper than the body. And then it's the whole thing about the relationship and the relationship with yourself. And I think the biggest thing I went through, there's one thing not wanting children anymore. And then there's one thing that mother nature takes it away from you. And I've got women I work with that are menopausal due to cancer, due to hysterectomies, and they're a lot younger. So whatever brings you to menopause, there's this element of um, bereavement. So you have to get older, let alone reconciling, unfortunately for us, the link with menopause and ageing. So you have to get through that. And that's before you can even talk to your family about it, which I help women do. And my daughter is 25. She came through. I was open with her because obviously mum had a meltdown. Mum broke down in the boardroom. Mum's gone mad. What's going on? And then obviously my partner, my family and my friends. So it's helping women through that and then going back in the workplace. But for me, the relationship, the biggest one that needs reconciling in is the one with yourself. And I really help women understand and help them through that because it's it's a tough one. It is tough. I bet. And that's and again, I think that's something that, you know, I see again, I see it daily and Mm -hmm. I see that sort of mental struggle. Um, And the Mm -hmm. fact that it always feels like women are really trying to second guess themselves. They're always Mm -hmm. just really overthinking things. And I and and. I just think, why, why, why do, why do you keep doing that? Yeah. And there is, and what women, so we talk about estrogen and progesterone. And when I work with women, especially around the relationships, there's two hormones that sit underneath it. One is oxytocin and one is vasopressin. And oxytocin is the cuddly mother nature. Cause we have a role of being, as much as we want to be business women, we were put on this earth to have children and oxytocin will drive us to that. And then, 
once that sort of fluctuates and goes away like estrogen because she sits behind her vasopressin is like testosterone so it's a much more aggressive sort of hormone so the funny bit is when estrogen is fluctuating so is oxytocin and vasopressin so you'll wake up one day they go i really love my husband i really love the children i really love my house a bit like me you wake up the next day like i don't care i want to leave hate me you're like oh my god where did that come from and i call it annabelle she's annabelle don't get me wrong annabelle's best pressing <laughs> and annabelle's going adele just leave and adele um and adele's going no you want to stay and so you fluctuate and women go oh my god that's me because you're going between the two because it's not a linear process you're down you go you change into your role that keeps changing so, and then when you're like me, you come out the other side and fast pressing, you get this air of confidence of, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing that. Where before I go, yeah, right, then I'll do that. People say you've changed. I go, you have no idea. You have no idea. And when you look back in history and you look at the age of women that truly made a difference, they are. In, they're definitely working in fast pressing. And I've studied um, health, women's health from like, from the early 1200s all the way through and i read i keep reading this article the bit in there about witches which is um the reason why we brought in the witches and burning at the stake in the duncan school is because their womb rises up comes into their throat and they talk and i'm like yes that's because witches like me you know had fast breasting and, and that's where it is and i'm killing myself laughing that all of the women in history got to a certain age and they started to do like to put them in all these horrible things were basically all postmenopausal women no it's such a way. fascinating history and that's why you know the uh, women over 50 the high you know the entrepreneurs are growing etc yeah. one because you just have this you know high risk to risk and you're going to do things but when you're put on this earth when oxytocin is in and you're here to be like nurturing you stay close you risk you're concerned and it gets my ads and they're like, yeah, I'm out of here. So the whole word of change, it's so interesting when you look at the root of this stuff. So when my when obviously I, I came out the other side, went back to work, got my resilience system, understood it. And I went, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And they went, you've changed. And I went, you have no idea. And that's the truth. And when I explain that to women, they go, oh, I feel so guilty that I really didn't like my husband. The way he chews his food, I'm like, yeah, and he breathes. Yes, you've Cara, got a bit of vasopressin. That's like being in my there. staff room at work. <laughs> like unbelievable. Because there was a piece I was it was a while ago, but I was reading, and it was written done by Harvard University, and they were talking about basically once you know men and women, but obviously mainly women. Once they've had you know children, technically mm -hmm. your body is starts to die. You know, it's that moment of where it crosses over because it's like, well, you've done what you need to be, you know, you've, you're here, you've done it. Thanks very much. Now you start to the sort of downward curve, which yeah. is where you can see the hormonal thing really kicks in. Yeah, you can. And then when, when you get to the bottom like me and progesterone and estrogen and harmony is restored and you are really living in that space, don't get me wrong, you've got to look after your body because I said about brain deterioration, mm -hmm. muscles. But in terms of that that leverage, that confidence, that brain, obviously keeping your food moving snooze, you really can do great things. Um, but it, for me, it's giving women that permission, but you have to accept the process. You have to accept what you're going through and then leverage the, the good side of it. And there is a good side of it. We just got, I just want to get women through the process as easy as possible. So, you know, 
I know we spoke the other day, you know, I keep looking at the stats because I work with the Federation of Small Businesses. 51% of women take time out of their business, lose clients, lose reputation and money because of this. And sadly, 32% sell their businesses. Wow. You know, and, and it's because it, it, it makes it tough. And when we look at, and I've been working with the FSB looking at their data, the exit interview, same as what I did in corporate, exactly the same. I found the same challenges in business as I've done corporate women leaving, women selling the business, and they say for personal reasons and family issues. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're trying to manage all of this stuff through it. And when we look at the age demographic, you just know, and, and that is why I do. So my why is, I want to bring that 30, I don't, there's only one in three women are entrepreneurs anyway, and we lose 32% of them because of this process. No, it's not acceptable. That's my why. My why is to keep women in business. And yeah. that's why I do, do what I do. I'm with yeah. you. And, you know, and I think it's, it's given one them of those the tools that, to do it. Yeah, I think it's one of those. I think there should be more women, you know, more women in the boardroom. Mm. There should be more women mm. in business. There should be more women in politics because actually mm. there'd probably be a lot less war. There'd probably be a lot less yeah. of a lot of the things that are currently going on with how we mm. are. And it's it's amazing hearing that statistic mm. that so many business women get to that stage yeah. where enough's enough. Yeah. They can't handle it. Mm mixed no. in with that yeah, hormonal definitely. change so in terms of like that what would be like your four pillars what's the four pillars that i think you spoke about before about really yeah. dealing with this yeah so when i eventually got my dining room table ready and i put them into groupings four things to doubt the first one is the body and the way i look at that is we have to be strong it's feeling stronger it's not losing weight or being a certain size it's about feeling stronger so it's all around the body and making sure your skeletal systems and your systems are working the next one is mind, um, and I grouped them, the symptoms and solutions into mind, and that's all about thinking clearly, because that's one thing that we need to do. So it's all around the mind. Then the top right-hand corner is relationships. It's the one with yourself, the one with your family, and then the wider stakeholders. And then the linchpin in the bottom right is leadership, take ownership, leadership. You've got to lead yourself through this. You, no one else can do it for you. You really can't. You can get as much information, watch as many videos, watch all of the channels, everything, but you've got to get it. You, you've got to take ownership. So I get women to take ownership. And for me, that's the sweet spot. Focusing on your body, which will help with your mind, help with relationships, take ownership. For me, that's where bringing all four of those elements. And I've got three principles under each one. It just, just makes it easier for women to understand. But where I always start, because I can't even get around the butterfly, because she's a butterfly, we start with the body. And then we move from the body to the mind, to the relationships, to leadership. And I move around the boxes that way. And that way, it's not overwhelming for women. Mm -hmm. We start small. We think big, start small. And that's and I and, and again that's why I think I always use that so sort of micro steps because I'm I'm always fascinated by you know it's a bit like dry January isn't it or it's a bit mm, like you get yeah. to January people go right I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose a stone <laughs> instead of actually just yeah. saying do you know what? I'm just going to lose a few pounds five pounds let's yeah. say or I'm going to yeah. lose a pound mm. a week it's mm. I can understand how that works is when you keep things much smaller yeah. technically you can achieve that goal. You know, mm. it's 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 doable. I think when you get that massive concept of, you know, trying to do everything at once and you must and you yes. must really feel that again, if you're going through hormonal mm. pressure as well and yeah. then you're trying to make all these huge changes, yeah. is that possible? No. 
It is, and it is, it's difficult, and you're right. So I've run this pilot. Obviously, I've run 12 years doing this, but I've run a two-year pilot since I've set up sort of my own business. And and from that pilot and getting women's feedback, I've been able to, you know, really fine-tune my offering. So, again, we're just in the process of women saying, actually, Adele, you know, it, it we agree with you. It does take 12 months um, to, to really get control of it. So there's 12 elements, so we do it over 12 months. And we want to be part of a community to do it. We want to mm-hmm. be around like-minded women. So I've just shaped up that annual proposition. And um, we're going to, again, I love it, the country. So I'm going to go live with it. And then once the doors are open, I'm going to bring them in and close it down on the 22nd of January. So I can put my arms around this group of women and support them all the way through. People say, oh, that's not a good business model. Like, I, I, I love it when everybody tells you what to do from a business or menopause. I said, yeah. you don't understand it. Women want to be, you know, we want to be supportive through this process. You know, you know self-serve and learning is, 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 is great, but not when you're going through this process. So for me, it's taking all that feedback back, exactly what you said, it's overwhelming. But if you're doing it with a group of women and we're going to do it all next year and we're going to do it together, and we're going to work together on the results, then that's going to be a good place to be. And then I will lock any, any women out because it's, it's um, women don't want the overwhelm and, and they want to be guided through it. You cannot put an online learning course into menopause and self-serve. They want, they want the support and they want that ability to talk to me because you're right. Otherwise it's just completely overwhelming yeah. and you have to, to break it down. And it's not, you know, it's not a half a day to fix this problem. But certainly with the coaching process as well, because <laughs> it's funny because over the last couple of weeks, we, we've been doing a series on the sort of whole of coaching mm. and how it is because mm. our long-term plan within what we're sort mm. of doing is setting mm. up coaching for hairdressing salon owners mm. and, and trying to help them, number one, build stronger businesses, but also mm. so they can actually just live a better life because there's so yeah. many things that I think in order to be the best version that you can, mm. you have to kind of get all your ducks in a line. They have to be facing yeah. in the right direction. And I certainly notice it with, within the team, you know, it's, it's very much about the reassurance. And I can imagine mm. setting mm. up a closed group of mm. women together mm. um, and having you take them on that journey and actually reassure them because most of the time, and this is obviously the biggest thing about coaching, mm. most of the time people know what they want. They know yeah. what it is, but you just need to get them, you need to get it out of them, don't you? Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Them. I'm sure you yeah. can do that. Absolutely. And also, I'm I with what I teach them around knowledge is you're, you're undoing years of programming. I grew up in the Weight Watchers world. I used to watch my mum every Friday go out the door miserable, stand on the scale and come back again. As a little girl, I'm going, why are you doing that, mum? You go out happy and you come back miserable. Where are you going? I'm going to Weight Watchers. She's like, what's that, mum? <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm like, that's it's not how I... I you know honestly i'm reading some stats the other day the eating disorders with women over 40 are going through the roof because they're trying to starve themselves which actually when i explain to women how counterintuitive this is so actually i spend the first three months of my work unprogramming what i call weight watchers culture or instagram sponsored feed that's what i do and people go yeah do you know what my so my clients will work with me and go, yeah, but my friend who I met for lunch, she's on this 30-day XYZ green diet and she's lost all of this. I said, yeah, but she would have lost water and muscle mass and then did a, trust the process, yeah. So, you, so you're having, I'm having to battle against years of Weight Watchers and, and Slimming World and all the other cultures and say to the women, 
you know what at the end of this 12 months i haven't designed this program to fail so you come back to me if mm -hmm. you stay with like nanny mcphee you'll stay with me because you want to not because you need yeah. to and you can stay in the community i said but i will say at the end of 12 months you've got so much knowledge on your body how it's changed and how to look after yourself you won't be coming back to me i don't want you back unless you want to stay in my community that's no. different like all oh, right i said so, you know so just be careful who you listen to and your information so I'm finding I'm having to battle against like me growing, growing up with weight watchers and, that, and stuff and that's like the, that. That's a big factor because I think, I mean, number one, that's a successful coach, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you want them for that year. Then after that, you want them to go and fly. And if they want to, you know, come back yeah. to you every once a year for a masterclass yeah. or whatever, then that's fantastic. Yeah. But I yeah. think you're so right when you come, you know, when I see social media now and again, yeah. You know, mm. I see it every day in the salon when I see what some of the things my team do and what they eat and how many times a week they train, just trying to get this ass that's on an Instagram feed. Or it's just, oh my God, it's such hard yeah. work. Cause I just think, yeah. what are you going to be like when you're older? And again, so then when they face this, you know, yeah. at 40, 45, what's the, what impact is that going to have? Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. So again, it's so funny. So I was backstage and on my uh, bodybuilding show. Yeah. And by the time I'd won the first prize, they must have scored my Instagram. They're like, oh, you're the menopause lady. I was like, okay, yes, that is. That's me. Oh, my God. And then we were talking about hormones and periods. And do you know what? Do you know, it was so lovely. I had girls in their early 20s up to like early 30s talking to me about their periods and how to mm -hmm. sort of and we was having a really we were dressed up like bodybuilders having a conversation around menopause and hormonal health because my daughter's 25 like and so I'm she's she knows about hormones she's harnessing her period power she does sport yeah. as well as well as working she works for the government she's got a day desk job as well and we have been I was talking to the, the young girls about it as well and I said to you guys you know I'm doing what I'm doing but I hope when you grow up you'll understand your hormones and she's oh yeah but we look up to you and what you're doing we could you know and all that great stuff so it is that conversation and, and yeah. that was exactly behind so the stage as well so you've just mm. you've just so last week is that right yes it was 5th of november mm -hmm. so you won the over 45s i won over 45 um fitness um bodybuilding i got second in 35 and I got third in the overall against wow. 20. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So where did, because obviously the things we got to think about is if I get, and again, because I've trolled you all over the place and I've seen <laughs> there, ultimately you are in a in a different different kind of concept to where most of your guests and clients would be. Yeah. So what yeah. was it that's turned you and made you go into that that level? Because we all, I mean, ultimately, for those of you that don't know that listening, you know, bodybuilding is another level. Um, <laughs> the amount of work that it takes is huge. And I imagine you have to be so strict uh, on yourself to achieve the things that you do. So what took yeah. you there? So I the strength training. So when I started to realize part of my research, the strength training was important. And then I spent two years on crutches. And I don't, and it was uncomfortable. So I, I needed to build my, I realized I needed to build my upper body to drag my body around on crutches. So I went back into the gym and um, as I was doing that anyway, as part of my research and started to lift heavy. And unbeknownst to me, I started to build this like amazing upper body. And I was sitting down because nobody could see I was on crutches. And said, oh, do, do, do you compete? And I went, no, not really. I said, I've just come out of marathon running. 
but I said I'm actually missing a challenge as as challenging as marathon running because that's again that's the type mm-hmm. of person I am and I said well why don't you think about bodybuilding and competing I said have you seen me from the waist down there is nothing left and and they said to me honestly you look like you got the genetics you could do it and you must have the willpower if you've done marathon running so I said okay then and then I thought to myself actually I really do need to build that muscle and the more the more I realized the more strength training and I got my food my new. I realized it was a massive game changer. So like anything women say to, oh, well, you can't do, you can't do this in menopause. You can't do this um, uh, again. <laughs> so I just took it to the next level. And that's, that's what I wanted to do just to show. And also that, you know, in Instagram, women at my age, you know, there's people like Sarah Jessica Parker and Kylie, we won't become invisible. Jennifer Aniston, we will do this. So I just wanted to take my body to the next level and I'm a bit of a geek I love watching processes and stuff mm-hmm. so when women went say they can't lose weight yes I've taken it to the extreme but I I can work the same magic with my my clients and and I just wanted and and do you know what it's as powerful as marathon running and I run it like a business it is a business plan and, yeah. and that's how I've done it and how it. and how do you manage then that kind of the balance there with your hormones because obviously you know when you're doing what you're doing do you you know do you supplement certain things in different places because there's a, there's a lot that goes into it isn't there yeah it is and the one thing I did when I was finding my coach to get me on stage is look I can't break my own principles because this is how my body needs to food and everything else and he was really good and he said to me Adele, well you clearly know what you're doing I will give you the strength and we'll work together on the nutrition so basically I just eat more than my clients lift more than my clients and sleep a little bit more than my clients mm-hmm. so as I was going um down and you know what this is the interesting thing and I, I need to get a bit more under the research so I was in a group um, with all girls of all ages but because I have taken I'll be quite blunt I've taken sugar and alcohol out of my diet full mm-hmm. stop I, I did because my psychological it just could I couldn't handle it so I've taken it out for six six over six years ago it's gone um so when I'm going into this and they and these girls are all of a sudden going from like naught to 100 by having all of this sugar and alcohol taken mm-hmm. out oh my god their hormones and it was all over yeah. and I'm like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine so in actual fact, I was fine all the way through right. the prep process because I was following my own resilience system. And how I got that fat loss, I dialed two things. The first one where there was more cardio. Um, strength training stayed exactly the same. There was just more cardio um, and it was Stairmaster and it was mm-hmm. running, which, which was fine. And then the other one I dialed down was my carbohydrates. I dialed them down really tight and really clean. So you're talking new potatoes, um, you're talking, you know, grains, etc. Um, I just dialed them down and just that's all I did for like 12 weeks. Um, and that's how I came in. But I didn't have any of the hormonal issues and stuff that the girls have had. Because that's it's the biggest so, thing, isn't it? So and they said to me, How have you done that? And I went, I didn't eat how you ate anyway. So all, yeah. all I did was dull these things down um, and I slept obviously more. And, and yeah, you know, shoulder press, my client are lifting, say, 5Ks, I'm lifting 15, you know, but I'm still doing what they're mm-hmm. doing. And that's why my clients have loved watching me through this process because that's why I've done. So therefore, I've kept my hormones and my stresses in, in balance um, because that that's what I've done. I, I've just taken those out. So I cleaned my carbohydrates up were pretty clean anyway, but I cleaned them up 
with new potatoes. And then the last two weeks, you've got to take any, because I only eat fish or veggie. I'm, I'm, I'm non-dairy and maybe fish and a bit of vegan. So I took all of like maybe my Linda McCartney burgers, others exist, but my vegetarian burgers out and just ate, um lots of salmon. I came, my last two weeks was salmon and new potatoes and boiled eggs. I, I, don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. It's one of those things that whenever I sort of, I see the sort of the idea of just eating chicken and broccoli every day or whatever. But it, was only, just... it was only for two weeks. But do you know the best yeah. thing? Because I spent a week out in Ibiza because it was warmer. Um, when you see your legs, I had to get, because still being hormonal, I always, I carried it in my bum and my legs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, my legs aren't coming in. Um, but actually, once I got out there and I was on my steps and doing everything in the warmth, mm-hmm. Um, and dialed it down to Spanish new potatoes and salmon, um, my legs came in and I could see it. And then you know it's that point in time. But for me, the biggest why was I was due to step on stage three years ago and I lost my best friend to breast cancer. Yeah. So this was a big journey. I still worked in the bank. I hadn't set up my own business. So stepping on stage was, that's my why. You have to have, like you said, you've got to have a why. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh, did it? No, my why was, three years ago it was sadly snatched from me and I was only bikini model then and I've built mass and I've got my business mm-hmm. and and I've got a whole new life that was my why that was just getting on stage what I didn't expect was to win and get my pro card so now I'm getting ready for the oh, British Championships amazing. and isn't that, and that ultimately like now in terms of new business here we are new awards mm-hmm. new prizes what's this next step now so you've got this next year coming so for me, my next year looks like um, I'm going to the British Championships as a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am now taking my community to the next level. I, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm looking for a number of women to work with that I want to take them through the whole year on this yeah. uh, program. Um, and then I'm also, because um, again, sharing this as a business and corporate owner, I actually co-host a radio show, the Women in Business radio show with Brilliant. the wonderful Sean. Um, and we're going to take a business club together because we've got a lot of women that are, again, 40 plus um, who are struggling with businesses and stuff. So we're going to form a little business club together and we're going to do some work with that as well. So with what I'm doing and jointly doing with Sean, I am I'm dropping that 32. That my whole focus is I want not 32% women. So the programs that I'm running um, jointly and collaboratively are all about I want women to stay in business and thrive. I love that. I love that. So That's what where I'm doing. can they find you? So you've just said everything. Where can everybody find you? Yep. So um, it's executivemidlife.coach, which is my website. Um, but most people go straight to Instagram. So it's menopause.strength.coach. Come and find me on Instagram because then you can see what's been going on. I think that's amazing. Adele, it's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you today. Uh, I've loved every bit. And if you, uh, you heard it here, so if you want to find Adele, check her out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn or go to her website. Adele, uh, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch up with you you. next time on Hair Life. See everyone. Take care.